Hey, hello. Welcome back to Out of the Best Books. I am Levi Neely. I am your host, and I am here today with Jake Sirocco. Um, he is a an avid Star Wars fan. He has a Twitter account at Jake Soywalker, and um, he's here with me today to talk about Return of the Jedi. So, Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your relationship with Star Wars, how you came to know about it and love it and all of that. All right. So, yes, I am Jake. I've been a Star Wars fan for as long as I can remember. Um, I actually got into it because of Return of the Jedi. Uh, it just so happened to be on TV one day. Um, obviously, I was three years old when this happened, so I don't remember, but this is from my dad's <laughs> firsthand account. Um, but he said it was on. Uh, I seem pretty obsessed with it from the very start, and then he had me go back and watch the originals. Um, and then, obviously, uh, I was born in 2000, so I mostly grew up on the prequels. Um, uh-huh. My first real Star Wars experience I remember is being uh, pretty annoyed with my mom that she wouldn't let five-year-old me go see Revenge of the Sith in theaters because she heard it was scary. <laughs> so well, That's great. Yep. Um, also, will you give us a little bit of background about your like spiritual beliefs and um, any religious affiliations that you might have? So I was raised uh, Catholic. Um, I don't actively practice it. I would not call myself actively religious. I do, however, believe in some form of greater power. Not to sound like a Star Wars fanatic, but as close to the Force as you can get. I truly believe that everybody, they have a purpose in life. Every action that they take has a, you know, a consequence. Um, and nothing truly happens for accident. I genuinely believe that. That's awesome. That's very awesome. I... Um, this podcast is just kind of dedicated to helping everybody, no matter what their spiritual beliefs or practices are to kind of deepen their sense of spirituality through looking at these different, uh, works that most people view as secular. Um, but that, I mean, fans and and people like us who particularly with star Wars, um, who have found a lot of deeper meaning in that. So I think that's excellent. I'm excited to, to go through that. Um, so today, um, walking through the return of the Jedi, um, this is actually, uh, probably my number one or number two favorite star Wars movies. So I am right there with you. I love it so much. Um, and today we're going to be looking at it through the theme of virtue. So my first question for you, I, I went through and I, I watched the movie and I, I kind of take notes and, um, look for that theme throughout it, but I wanted to ask if there was anything in particular that really stood out to you that Ketch just kind of screamed virtue. <laughs> I There's a lot in this movie, personally, for me, I feel, that mm-hmm. screams virtue. Um, probably the biggest I would have to say, honestly, is it's such a small moment, but Luke offering Jabba that peaceful resolution before he blows everything up, Oh, dang. I didn't even think about that. That's, yeah, that's a really good point. Just the fact that he really doesn't want to fight. He just, you know, give me Han back. Let me go away. You can go about your merry business and do whatever you want. I don't care. Just give me Han back. And as soon as Jabba says no and seems confrontational, that's when Luke, you know, turns on the inner Jedi Knight and just does what he has to do and gets the job done and saves his friends. But he did want to resolve things peacefully and not, you know, instantly go into the uh, fighting. 
I think that's an excellent example of virtue. I So in preparation for this, I looked up like a couple of different definitions of virtue. So mm-hmm. like the basic one is behavior showing high moral standards. Yes. Um, and that one is just like online. Um, but another one from, um, so I'm a, a, a Christian and um, in a work that my church put out, uh, they define virtue as, they, they have this little sentence, virtue originates in your innermost thoughts and desires. And it is a pattern of thought and behavior based on high moral standards. So I love that I, my, the thing that I love about that little definition is that it's, it originates in your innermost thoughts and desires. And something that I noticed in watching this movie is that in the beginning, when you first see Luke in this movie, he's like force choking the guards and he's kind of like generally acting kind of shady. Like he has the full black outfit and I, but I love you pointing that part out because it kind of, it does show that at, in his deepest core sense of self that he wants to have that confrontation not happen. He wants to have a peaceful resolution. So I love that. I love that so much. Yes. Um, I mean, you see that throughout the entire film, I say like, you know, he starts with the black outfit and then he has the additional layer on top. He has the cloak and everything. And as the film goes on, those black layers are stripped away until you reach the end when he has the white flap revealed underneath. Okay, let's talk about this because I don't know when I like realized that, but ever since then, I every time that there's that end scene, um, and you have Luke, um, or Vader asking to see him with his own eyes, and you see that Luke's you know his lapel is opened, and you see the the white underneath. And every time I see that, I, I get so emotional. It's, I think it's so, um, I don't know. It's, it's very beautiful to me that, that that symbolically is showing that the entire time deep down, Luke was always, always virtuous. He was always pure. And I yep. love that. I don't know that symbolism. I think it's really wonderful. For me, too, I feel like it relates a lot to Vader as well because we look at Vader's progression throughout the film is very similar to Luke's, whereas he starts dark and continuously throughout gets lighter. And we know that Luke always had that light underneath. And, I mean, for first-time viewers of the film, you don't know what's going to happen with Vader. You don't know if he's going to be redeemed at the film or not. So then when you find out at the end that he, too, always had that light underneath and was able to, you know, resent his dark ways and save his son... I feel like that flap too also symbolizes the return of Anakin Skywalker and the demise of Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is something that I also wrote down a little bit about, and I wanted to um, kind of get your view on that. So I, the whole end scene in the Emperor's throne room is really, I mean, it, it's very emotional. It has a lot of, of stuff going on in it, but what I love about kind of Luke's journey, I, I think that, it's, I don't know, it seems like Luke is the most virtuous character. He's kind of the one that carries that arc of, yes, um, for sure. of finding that. And I love that in the, in the beginning of the movie and kind of throughout this whole original trilogy, Luke is presented with the conflict of like your father's evil. And in order to triumph and become a Jedi, the, the Jedi are telling him that he needs to, he needs to kill his father. And mm-hmm. then he gets to the emperor and he presents this method of like, you need to embrace your hatred and you need to 
kill your father. And it kind of takes away Luke's ability to, to make a choice, right? He's, he's faced with these two things. And he honestly, I think that he thinks that both of them are wrong. And I, I think it's really interesting that, you know, everybody kind of thinks of the Jedi as these really virtuous and, and pure um, characters and, and individuals. But I think that we kind of see in this movie that at the end of the day, they both were wrong. Luke is the one that finds the third option. He's he's attacking Vader, and then he cuts off his hand, and in looking at his mechanical hand and Vader's mechanical hand, and he realizes that they're similar. That and I always love the idea of of like the the yin and yang. You know that like Vader is the the all black and he has that that one spark of good in him and luke is that all white and he has that one spark of of evil in him and looking at that that similarity between the two he realizes that um that he is going to be his father's son he he, it's something that like throughout the whole movie he's really trying to grapple with and he's talking to yoda and asking him to confirm that because it's such like a terrible thing and but then he accepts it, and but he accepts it in the way that he's not going to be his fa- his father, Darth Vader. He's going to be his father, the Jedi that he was, and his virtue is like bolstered by by Anakin's example and by realizing that he can choose to be Anakin Skywalker's son instead of Darth Vader's son, and that in turn is like that's what inspires Anakin Skywalker to then save Luke Skywalker, that he, he realizes, you know, my son believes in me, and so I can believe in myself too. And I just think that that whole thing is incredible. What are your thoughts on that? Whole I scene? really like that point because it makes you think, like, in a way Luke almost saved himself by resisting in that single moment because had he not, had he continued to fight Darth Vader, the Emperor might have just gone ahead and killed him, and Darth Vader may not have returned as Anakin Skywalker and could have just watched him die. Yeah. But the whole point for me, like, with the balance that, like, the Jedi and Sith are at polar opposites of the Force, but really they're not all that different has always really fascinated me. It's, you know, you can't cast a shadow without the light. So having, you know, again, they're the same side, uh, different sides of the same coin. Um very different but also very similar and the fact that Luke was able to find that balance that you know he too was much like his father a lot of dark a lot of light but at the end of the day he was able to make the morally correct decision and stop fighting you know that that's where I feel like you know the true spirit of the Jedi lies I mean we look at the prequels and the big thing with the prequels is which I feel like a lot of people miss is they're illustrating just how wrong the Jedi were in fighting the war and rather than keeping the peace. I mean, they were soldiers. They were the ones going to the worlds, you know, and fighting to, you know, for the Republic and all that. But they were wrong, ultimately. They were just as wrong as the Sith in that sense. So seeing how Luke, you know, in becoming the last Jedi and, you know, moving forward, he really embodied the true spirit of what a Jedi should be and likely was long before the events of the prequels that is something that's always been really fascinating to me and something i really hope that the films do explore one day is like where the jedi came from so we can see just how luke really became that pure embodiment of the original jedi and what they originally stood for in you know keeping balance and good in the universe rather than just 
fighting solely for the light and nothing more. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that that's such an interesting topic to explore. I feel like I, so I also grew up with the prequels. Um, I, I watched the original trilogy before I saw the prequels, but um, I was, I think I was five when The Phantom Menace came out. And I kind of walked away from watching all those movies and being like, Jedi are the coolest. They have super incredible lightsaber battles and like that's what they are and it wasn't until much later that i was like wow this is like a really intense um deep dive into how the jedi are yeah that they have those flaws um something i actually thought of when i was watching this um this movie i actually watched it this morning is uh in you get to see a shot of the emperor's chambers from like space from the death star and it actually looks incredibly similar to how the jedi temple looks yes um in the prequels and i thought that was a really interesting tie-in that i had not noticed before that that they're they really do have a lot of similarities and i think that that's really like that's a big theme that's explored in in the last jedi and and they kind of talk about that more but i love that i love that this film takes virtue and makes it like its own thing like you can't really ascribe that like this group of people is virtuous and therefore like that's what needs to happen but that's what i love about luke is that he's not like internally i'm sure that he could be like well like yoda is a jedi master and so is obi-wan kenobi and they told me that i need to kill vader and that's what i have to do because they're the virtuous ones but he really takes time to think what like what do i need to do what is it that i feel is right and I really, I love that. That's that's something that I want to, I don't know, like apply to myself a lot more. Being able to, to choose that right because I feel like it is right, not because somebody is telling me it's right. Exactly, because, again, you like you said, you have these two great Jedi Masters telling Luke what to do. And you could easily be like, well, these are Jedi Masters. They must be right and go ahead and do it. But it's because that fact that he's able to essentially resist what they're telling him and figure out his own path to success and being virtuous. That's how he's ultimately able to get a positive outcome and, you know, not lead to the demise of his friends and, you know, not be killed by the emperor. And, you know, the rebels are able to win the day. Darth Vader is redeemed to Anakin Skywalker. Luke lives and is able to continue the tradition of the Jedi all because he was able to, go against these old teachings that didn't work in the past and forge his own path. Yeah, exactly. I think it's kind of similar. I I don't know if you've ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender, but it's kind of a similar vibe in in the the end of of that series. Um, The main character, Aang, has to kind of make his own own path, his own own way, and make the, the right choice based off of what he feels. So I don't know. I that's something I've never really thought of before when I watched this. Um, I, I want to look at another character that I kind of saw examples of virtue in, and it's one it's Leia, um, but it's one specific um, point in the movie. So Leia meets Wicked, and so Wicked is basically like this this primitive creature, right? He's, he's an Ewok, and like they have a they have a the ability to speak and they have a language and a culture, but it's like really primitive. And um, I think it would have been really easy for Leia to be able to say, like, oh, like, please don't do this. Like, get out of my way. I have a mission. It's really important. But it's her virtue and her kindness and generosity that win 
Wicked over, and in a way, that's what allows like the success of this whole movie. Because without um, the Ewoks on their side, the rebels would never have been able to overcome the empire, like the imperial presence on the moon of Endor, and be able to take down the shield generator. And so, like, what are your what are your thoughts on that? And about I don't know, kind of how that fits into your idea of virtue. Well, also too, had Leia not gone with Wicket and basically befriended him, Luke, Han, and Chewie probably would have been eaten. Without her showing up there, they would have been burned alive. I mean, sure, Luke's a Jedi. He could have gotten himself out of the situation, but we saw from his original encounter with them, he didn't want to fight. He, you know, basically just said, you know, take our weapons, do whatever. We're, We're here in peace. But again, they wanted to eat them. Um, yeah. But Again, to the point with Leia, it's just the fact that she doesn't make those hasty decisions. She's able to read the entire situation. She's not, she doesn't see herself above the Ewoks in any way. To her, mm-hmm. Wicket was an ally in this moment. He helped her so she can go along with him. I mean, from the very moment they first met, she's offering, you know, a bit of her food. She's letting him look at her helmet. Um, she was very kind and nurturing in a way, um, rather than, like I said, simply just, like, dismissing him as lesser, which uh, is something that I feel is very important. Um, you know, no one person is above um any other, you know, species or culture, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, oddly enough, this goes back to Joaquin Phoenix's best oct- uh, best actor Oscar acceptance speech from the other night. Uh, he was saying, you know, going to the fact that, like, you know, no group of people is better than any other group, other group of people, you know. Um, human race isn't any better than any of these other animals that inhabit our planet that we share with them, and... You know, everything forms, you know, symbiotic circle, you know, mm-hmm. with one thing, it benefits another, you know, you get rid of one thing just because you can take advantage of it. And next thing you know, you're without it and your life's getting worse. So like you said, with the Ewoks, had Leia simply dismissed Wicket and seen him as lesser, Luke, Han, Chewie all could have been roasted. The Rebels likely wouldn't have won because without the help of the Ewoks, they weren't destroying the shield generator. And ultimately the empire would have reigned forever because the rebels would have been destroyed right then and there. Yeah. I love the idea of the symbiotic circles. (laughs) That's something that I think that star Wars explores much more than I would have thought when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I really like that. Um, Are you familiar with Harry Potter at all? Uh, A little bit. I am a little bit. Yes. Okay. Well, um, the main villain in Harry Potter, Voldemort, um, he, there's this part at kind of the end of the book, and one of the reasons that he was able to be destroyed and overthrown was because he chose to overlook things that he thought were less than him. And I think that that's a really powerful message that this little example that I always just kind of overlooked was, I don't know, that was it just had a much bigger impact on me this time around thinking about how I don't know, just kind of analyzing my own internal biases and like, what is it that I overlook because I, I don't think it's worthy of my time and what, how could those things, you know, like I could benefit them, they could benefit me. How, how can that make things better? So I think that's, 
don't know. That just made me think of that. I mean, another example of that in Star Wars, I feel, is uh, with Snoke's throne room, Snoke entirely dismissed Kylo, essentially, as his own conscious being and just assumed that at this point he had become his loyal tool. And because of that, Kylo was able to essentially trick Snoke, kill him, save Rey, and move on from there. But again, it's that dismissal of another being simply because you feel that you're above them or that they're lesser it it can ultimately lead to people's downfalls um i mean we see it with the emperor we see it with snoke i mean i feel like we even see it with uh dooku in revenge of the sith he his cocky arrogance against anakin um yeah which unfortunately anakin did tap into the dark there a bit i feel like and that's why he was able to overpower Dooku so quickly. But again, it's that Dooku's bit of arrogance because he know that he dis- disarmed Anakin so easily the last time they fought. Um, I don't. I, I truly don't feel that any one person or any one being is any better than any other. Yeah, I love that. I This actually reminded me of another thing that uh, I wanted to talk about in this episode. So I saw something online one time and it's really stuck with me that They said that, so, you know, Luke pulls his lightsaber towards him and he ignites it because he's finally kind of had his last thread with the Emperor and Vader immediately ignites his lightsaber and blocks him. And I always saw this as like, oh, like the fighting commences, like Vader is just, you know, being the Emperor's puppet and, and fighting Luke as he asked him to. But then this little thing on the internet that I saw said that that could potentially have been Vader trying to stop Luke from doing what Anakin did because Anakin, you know, he took that moment and um, somebody said, do it, you know, use your hatred. And he, he kills Dooku. And that's really like the, the first step that, that kind of puts him down this, this slide and uh, Darth Vader, but probably his, his Anakin side is stopping Luke from making that same terrible decision. And I really, I saw a couple of moments like that, that kind of show this um virtuous side of of anakin skywalker coming through this vader persona and i thought that that was kind of one of them i do feel i mean so this is going back more into the expanded material of the current star wars canon and how we see that you know continuously throughout especially the time in between revenge of the sith and a new hope palpatine is very much abusive to anakin um yeah I mean, right from the start, uh, in the Vader comic, we see that Palpatine is electrocuting Anakin to the point of near death shortly after he enters the suit, just to show him, like, I have the power over you, don't step out of line, or I'll kill you. Yeah. And so I feel like another moment of that is when Anakin is seeing Luke be electrocuted by the Emperor. He knows the exact pain that he's going through. He knows that his son is this close to falling into the same fate that he fell into, and he knows how much he lost. He doesn't want that for his son. And so that's yeah. ultimately why he's able to, you know, push himself to destroy the Emperor and save his son, even though no um even though he knew it would ultimately lead to his demise. Yeah. I, I think that the Star Wars saga could also kind of be seen as the story of Anakin Skywalker's abuse, right? He he joins yes. the Jedi and they don't take care of him and they manipulate him and he then 
sides with someone who has thus far, you know, taken care of him and, and shown compassion for him, but then he is abused by him as well. And then even into the sequel trilogy where um, it's kind of that legacy of abuse. We see that Kylo Ren is abused by Snoke and that that is this terribly abusive relationship. So I, I really, I've never thought of that before. I think it's a really, it's a a warning against that, you know, that that, that can be so um, destructive and and that it's it's so beautiful that Anakin is able to use that virtuous side of him to break that cycle and to allow, you know, Luke to have a better life than he did. Well, unfortunately for me, I feel like the Skywalker saga ultimately ends up being the tragedy of the Skywalkers because, well, I guess one can say the rise of Skywalker ended on a happy note. For the Skywalker bloodline, we see, again, the original trilogy and prequel trilogy was about Anakin's abuse. Luke's life was never easy. We saw mm-hmm. the torment that he went through in trying to restore the Jedi Order and essentially repair the galaxy to the point in which his Jedi Masters were telling him to repair it to. And then also the abuse and tragedy of Kylo Ren. It really is, I feel, now that it's all said and done, a cautionary tale. I completely agree. I think that that's... It is, it is a tragedy. <laughs> it's unfortunate that it is, but I, I really do think that it is... It is a tragedy seeing... So something that else that I saw in this that I thought was really, really beautiful, but also incredibly sad, um, that... So Vader ta- has Luke take off his helmet because he wants to see Luke with his, his own eyes, and that's really beautiful, and I think it's really pure of him that like the last thing he wants to see is, is Luke, his own son, with, with his own eyes. But the last thing that he says is he says to tell his sister, that she was right about him, that there was good in him. And I think it's it's devastatingly sad, but also, I don't know, I, I guess, again, kind of a, a caution that the last wish of this person is for at least one other person in the entire galaxy to know that he died a virtuous person. And I think that that's, like, I don't know, I feel like that's another call to action. Like, I don't want to lead my life in a way that the last thing I want is, like, please let someone else know that I led a somewhat virtuous life at the end. Well, I feel like he knows that ultimately the galaxy itself is never going to forgive him just for the things that he's done, so his last hope can essentially be to have his family to forgive him. We know, again, expanded material, but unfortunately Leia never truly forgave Vader, um, no. and Luke always <laughs> tried. Which is devastating. Right. It is sad. I mean, again... But also he did awful things. Like, that's that's the consequence he did, yeah, he of, destroyed her <laughs> of those actions. home planet, so it makes sense, but... Just the fact that he did want her to forgive him, um, or at the very least know what he did in saving Luke. Um, again, it's just, it's a tragedy. Yeah. Um, are there, what are some other, did you see anything else in this that you want to highlight about virtue? Um, another big one for me is one that Luke and Vader are fighting and Luke essentially gives up the fight. He's, you know, I will not fight you. He doesn't want to destroy his father and all that. It mm-hmm. isn't until Vader mentions Leia and the possibility of turning her to the dark side that Luke lashes out again. Um, which again, he lashed out in anger, but it was all out of the protection of his sister and his family. So, oh, I just, I wrote down this little note that that Luke feels so bad and upset about letting his thoughts drift to Leia, but I I think it's so pure and virtuous of him that in a time of despair, he turns to something that gives him hope, right? Like, he's he's hiding and he's he's so devastated, but he's like, but at least there's Leia, and that's the thing that, like, 
really triggers this whole um, turnaround for him. And again, too, just the fact that I feel like Luke was ultimately willing to sacrifice himself because he, he, he probably knew fully well that he was tapping into the dark there in that moment mm-hmm. and he was willing to do whatever it takes to keep Vader and the Emperor away from his sister that he didn't care what happened to him ultimately he just wanted to make sure that they were alright yeah something that I was thinking about um, I read a quote from uh, an account that I follow on Instagram and they were talking about how specifically in the in Christian religions that we we talk about being more like Christ and and kind of embodying him and his um, behaviors and but on the flip side of that we kind of attribute certain emotions to being like fitting in the category of helping us to be more like Christ and to be more Christian and emotions that do not allow us to do that and um, this quote talked about how that not only limits us as as humans feeling this uh, emotional connection to those around us, but also limits us as followers of Christ because we, you know, don't think that he, he could have possibly have ever felt anger or frustration or anything like that. And I really like that, like like you said, that even though Luke is feeling angry and he's feeling that fear in this moment that he lets himself feel that, and he engages with it, but that right after he, he, I mean, he lets those feelings take over, but that leads him to a point where his actions kind of jolt him out of that. And he realizes, no, that's not what he wants to become. That's not what he wants to do. He wants to be a Jedi like his father before him. And I, I think it's it's interesting. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on, on that? Well, I feel like that's also similar to the fact like with Anakin Skywalker, you see the Jedi were, you know, don't feel, don't, you know, no emotions yeah. whatsoever, just obey the light. And ultimately that leads to him being interested in the dark because he realizes there's more. Um, I mean, if you look at Anakin from The Phantom Menace, that kid doesn't have a mean bone in his body. No. It wasn't until, you know, uh, Attack of the Clones that we see after he spent the last 10 years training to be a Jedi, he's got... You know, some trust issues and some anger issues where, I mean, I guess in a way you can, you know, look at like uh, high schoolers, current high schoolers, how, you know, legal drinking age is 21, and yet all these high schoolers, all they want to do is go out and drink. And it's because it's like that kind of like, you know, forbidden fruit, like, oh, I can't have it, so I really yeah. want it. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, whereas with Luke, his, you know, he grew up his entire life basically just living his life and not being forced to obey to the rules of the Jedi and being strictly light side. So it was easier for him to tap into those darker emotions, which again isn't necessarily what he wanted, but he was willing to do it if it meant, you know, saving his family and his friends. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, so after watching this film again and, and looking for this theme of virtue, is there something that you feel called to do or like a, I don't know, something that you want to take from this and put it into your life to be, I don't know, that better person? I mean, in just the most basic sense, it's be more like Luke, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, again, just the fact that he was able to not let any one form of judgment too far one way or the other sway his actions 
he was able to you know make his decisions based on the moment rather than well I must follow these specific rules and guidelines of the way I'm supposed to live my life that's not the way he was acting it was very much well in these moments I must act in dark these moments I must act in light this these moments I must be neutral and he always tried to take you know the high ground you know no pun intended there um <laughs> But, again, he, he tried to be the morally correct person in the situation, no matter which one it was, and whether that was him tapping into the light, darkness, or middle. Um, ultimately, that is a big reason why he was able to, I don't want to say win, because, you know, he had to watch his father die in front of him shortly after he saved him, but save his father and save his friends. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I, For me, watching this and talking about it with you, I really want to be better at kind of listening to my internal moral compass and really focus in on what is it that, that feels right and to be able to listen to that and yeah, just not, not to let other people prescribe to me what is correct and what is right and virtuous, but making sure that when I do things that I'm doing them because they are virtuous based on, on what I know. So I, yeah, I think that this, this has always been to me one of the most emotional Star Wars movies. It's really beautiful and I feel like it's such a, I don't know, it's the most spiritual to me, I guess, that, that there's so much going on to, to call human beings to be better and i i've always loved that about it it's the most uplifting to me i mean even though there are plenty of dark things that do happen in this film it's just the fact that like you know with anakin anybody can come back from anything um like you know not letting your previous actions dictate the way you move forward in life um those sort of themes in the film are something that have uh been really important to me ever since a young age yeah. Same, same. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and talk to me uh, about Return of the Jedi and your love for Star Wars. I really appreciate all of your all of your insights. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. I hope that all of you are doing well, and I'll see you soon.